Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. I love Christmas, the carols, the excitement on Christmas Eve, the time you spend with your family, but Christmas isn't happy for everyone. Given traditionally it's a time when families come together, if there's someone missing from your family unit, it could be a partner, grandparent, just somebody loved, it can be harder than any other time of the year. So how can families manage Christmas when they are going through some kind of loss? Karen Young is a psychologist and founder of Hey Sigmund, a website that deals with these sorts of challenges as well as many others. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is such a good topic. It's a pleasure. I mean, it's not a nice topic, though, is it? I mean, it's an important one. Yeah. It just strikes me that uh, there are a lot of different scenarios with loss. So it could be Mm. a few different things. So I'm wondering if we could look at a few different ones and see if they're a little bit, if you would manage them differently. Mm. Um, Let's say it's a family and this is the first Christmas where the parents are in the process of separating and they've got small children, young children, say two and four around that age group. Yeah. So the most important thing with this is to, as much as you can, look at it through the kids' eyes and what they need. And what they need is to feel like they have free access to both parents. Now, obviously, that's not always going to be possible, but we don't want them to put the we don't want to put them in a position where they feel like they have to choose who they want to be with. So the idea then is to work out between the two of you how you're going to do it so that they get fair time with each parent, if that's possible, if you're both in the same city. So it might be that, you know, someone has them Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, someone has them for Christmas Day, and that's also important for grandparents as well. Now, um, it's also really important that kids feel like they can call the other parent because one of the things that can happen, even with young kids, is they can get stuck in what's called a loyalty bind. And what that is, is when they feel like they can't ask for the absent parent or contact with the absent parent in case they, in case the parent they're with feels like they don't love them as much or that they don't want them as much. So we kind of have to take that out of their hands and make sure that they know that we want them to be with their mum or their dad or whoever they're not with and, and that they have they can they can call them when they want to. They can be with them um, when they need to. I think something else that's really important is to let the kids know that you'll be okay. But whoever the absent parent is, um, the parent that they're not not with at the time, is okay because they can feel a bit sad because Christmas is all about for them being being it's exciting and they're with mum and dad and and when they think about a parent on their own. They might get sad for that parent. So even though it will be a really sad time, and it's important to honour that for yourself, it is sad. There's there's changes and there's adjustments. For the kids, it's really important to say, I'm really going to miss you and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to have lunch with grandma or I'm going to have lunch with, you know, whoever, or I'm really excited about sitting around um, the pool and reading a book, whatever it is, so that they're not feeling sad for you because they'll have enough of their own sadness anyway. 
Is it a good idea for both parents to be in the house the night before so that the family's together on Christmas morning? Obviously, if it's an amicable separation, it can be amicable and still be incredibly hard mm. and challenging and all mm. those things. But if you're able to make that happen, happen, is that a good idea even if you're separating? If they, as long as it's not going to have the kids thinking that everything's okay again because you don't want them to think that it's coming back together only to pull it apart again. But if they can manage the idea that that mum and dad are just really good friends now and sometimes as friends we spend time together at Christmas and this is what it's going to look like. So there will be some talking that needs to happen about what that will look like but it is really important and I mean if there's any chance the kids can see this as well mummy and daddy are getting back together and and we're going to be a family again then I think that potentially could cause problems because you don't want to introduce them to something that you're going to take away if this and and that may be an idea if the separation is relatively fresh if they're used to both parents um being separate then you know that um they might not need that so it really does depend and it really is important to look at what the kids need what's going to be good for them um and and managing it really entirely through through their eyes and what they need. What I think must be really challenging about this situation is um, being conscious of how your children are going, but also how you keep your own emotions in check. I I imagine it must be an incredibly hard time for parents who are sad about separation, who don't Mm. want the separation, but are trying to make things work for their kids. Christmas must be like a sucker punch, you know. How, How can the adults in the this scenario manage their own emotions on Christmas Day so that their kids are okay? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's okay for parents to take breaks for, for whenever they need to, to actually feel whatever they need to feel and go through whatever they need to go through. Because the thing with feelings, I mean, there'll, there'll be a general overriding sadness or sense of loss, but that fierce feeling will come and go relatively quickly um you know that that just i just want to scream or i just want to burst into tears that that will if you let it come it will stay and then it will go fairly quickly that doesn't mean you'll feel better after it but it means you'll feel like you can get on with the day after it so it's okay to go upstairs and and have a cry or you know ring a girlfriend or do whatever you need to do to be okay it's also okay if the kids are sad and you're sad you might reflect what you're feeling may you may be tapping into what they're feeling and it's okay to say um it's different this christmas isn't it without mummy or without daddy i understand that and and it is sad and we can do new things that we can get excited about as well. So you can validate the feeling, honour the feeling. It's okay to be sad because this is an adjustment and this is different to what we're used to. And I understand that you miss mummy or you miss daddy and I miss us all being together too. And it's okay because we're going to find a different way of, you know, of, of being together, um, but just with two different houses. So it's okay to honour that. 
as well and validate that. You don't have to pretend like everything's okay all the time. Of course, if the kids are getting on with it and you're hit with this big emotion, you don't want to bring them into that big emotion um, because that can be really confusing for them. So that's when if you separate yourself for a moment, um, jump in the shower, have a cry, do whatever you need to do. It's hard when they're really little. But if you can, um, if there's a way for you to do that, when you actually feel that emotion, it will be more likely to leave you alone for longer. And I'm talking about that big, fierce, you know, punchy feeling that grabs you from behind sometimes. Mm. The other thing that I've thought about is if you're a single parent and you've got the kids on your own and it might be just you and the kids and um, Mm. you might be someone who's used to not only having a partner around but you might be used to having... Um, their extended family or your extended family Mm. for whatever reason it's you on your own with the kids on Christmas morning that has its own kind of loneliness attached doesn't it? For sure it does and it is and with milestone events like Christmas like birthdays like anniversaries you always throw back to what you were doing this time last year because it's easy to remember what we were doing last Christmas or two Christmases ago when we were really happy and you know I was with everybody and I just felt so much you know love and around me and that's so those memories can really hurt um so it's 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 okay for that to happen and it's okay to go to to it's it's okay to feel all that stuff it doesn't mean christmas is broken and it doesn't mean that you, you know it can feel on the day like it's not going to get better but that's all part of it and that's all part of grieving and it's all part of the loss and it's all part of moving towards something different is actually being in the mess when you're in it. It's hard when there's little ones around who need your attention and you just actually would really love that time on your own just to feel whatever you're feeling. Um, But remember Christmas is just one day. It's one day. And I think the thing about this time of year is, you know, there is... Uh, Christmas feels like it lasts for a month because it's everywhere, it's all around us, you know. But you just have to get through one day. You just have to get through one hour at a time, one minute at a time, and then it'll be done. Um, And next year will be better. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Karen Young, psychologist and founder of Hey Sigmund. And we're talking about when Christmas can be a tough tough time for families. We've just been speaking about um, what might happen or how you might manage Christmas if you're just going through a separation, if it's a new thing for your family. Another thing that can also cause problems, I guess, around this time, if you're separating, is managing extended family pressures. Mm. It's not. Sometimes it becomes about two camps, their family, your family. And, you know, it might be really quite awkward and unpleasant to go to your in-laws for lunch yeah. or you might not even be invited. But then how do you... How do you deal with all of that complication around, yeah. you know, going to so-and-so's place for lunch or dinner? When you're separated or when mm. you're separating? When you're separating, when it's all still a bit messy and unclear. Be really honest about what feels right for you and your children. So you don't need to do anything that doesn't feel right. When you're actually in a relationship, there's things that we have to do you know, you do have to spend time with your partner's family because, you know, so that, so that you're not putting them in a position where they have to choose between you and your family. 
So we kind of do have that obligation, even if it's difficult. Um, not if it's super difficult, though. You know, you don't have to put yourself in front of people who just make you feel bad. But at Christmas time, that melts uh, or, or during a separation. That melts away because you're starting to, um, you're starting on this path where you're figuring out what it's like just to be you, with as a co-parent, but not as a partner. So as a, you know, and hopefully it will be amicable, and hopefully you can talk about this. But but that melts away. So as for um, extended family, that's a conversation for you and your partner. Now, as much as possible, if the kids have a really lovely relationship with their grandparents, they're going to want to see their grandparents. But it doesn't always have to. It doesn't all have to happen at Christmas time if that's not possible. Because when families split, split, all of a sudden there's double the people. There's double the places that you need to go and it's tricky navigating that anyway on Christmas Day. So if it doesn't feel if it doesn't feel right, that might be something where y- you have to take it year apart. So one year it's dad's family for Christmas lunch, the next year it's mum's family for Christmas lunch. Um, if it feels okay to all be together, then of course that's fine. But remember you're starting a new normal and you're developing a new normal and creating a new normal, and that—that's—that once that started, it's for you to to find out what that looks like for you and your children. And of course, it's important to include your partner in that because they, you know, they're, they're the grandparents on that side are really, if they're good grandparents and if the relationships, um, you know, warm and. And nourishing, it's important to have their influence. But that's just something that needs to be navigated. But you don't need to do anything um, that feels bad or that doesn't feel right or that's going to put you in an awkward situation. It is important as much as possible that the kids have access to both families. But if they can't see everybody's parents and everybody's, you know, aunts, if they're all their aunts and uncles in one day, it doesn't have to happen all on Christmas Day. So that's something else that can be negotiated because ideally, you know, as a mum and a dad, you would like them the whole time, but you're not going to get what you need out of this either. So it's all about negotiation and compromise and and working out how everybody can get what they need. Um, but the most important people are the kids in all of this. What if it's the first Christmas since a loved one has passed away, whether that's a grandparent, a parent, a main, mm-hmm. a main carer in your child's life or your life? Um, how do you get through the day, I guess, when that loss is, is permanent? I mean, separation yeah. is hard and it's sad, but you know that your children can always go and see their mum or their dad. Or, mm. their, you know, how, how do you manage it when there is um, death in the family? So I think something to do is ask the kids what they think. So if it's grandma or if it's an aunt or uncle, ask the kids what they think. Is there something special they would like to do? Or what do they think grandma would like for for us to do this Christmas to make her feel loved and special? And ask them for ideas. And you might, if they're little, you might need to give them ideas. So... Should we make her favourite, if she had a favourite thing that she did every Christmas, should we do that um, as a special way to remember her? Should we buy a special decoration for the tree and that's going to be hers or it's always going to be here? Um, It might be um, 
I mean, the thing to remember is there will be lots of grief triggers if it's a close relationship. So wherever she used to sit, um, you know, if they have a place they always sit at the table, that's going to feel funny or especially, you know, whatever they are, there's going to be grief triggers and that's okay. It's okay um, for that sadness to happen. It might be that they want to write a little note and put it in a balloon and send it to the sky. It's important, whatever the kids want. So if they... And as much as they want or as little as they want. So they might they might not want to go too close to it at Christmas if it's raw. And that's okay too. We need to honour that. So that's a defence and that's for a good reason as well. And that will get better as the years go. But if it's something which has happened fairly recently, they might not need to, you know, they might they might not want to go into it, you know, too much and that's okay too. So it's really about whatever they want. So start by asking them, what do you think we should do? Do you think we should do something special or or what do you think? Well, Karen, there's great advice there. It's so lovely to speak with you. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you. I always love coming on your show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I want a little Karen Young in my pocket, so, you know, like a, an app. Can you make yourself into an app? Oh, if only. And I'd have it doing the dishwasher and I'd have it doing the vacuuming and I'd have it doing everything. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you. And happy Christmas to you. Thank you. And you too. That was Karen Young. She's a psychologist and founder of Hey Sigmund. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.